This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. On Rock 101.1 with Pete Christie, Jared Johnson, Sean Dillon, and Jeff Scott. All right, welcome to the Rockin' Pregame. Pete, you know it's Bacon Fest, I guess, coming up Whoa. at uh, Market Street, right? I, I did not know that. Well, I, I thought his eyes was, lit up. You see that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I talked about that this morning on my day job at KLLL, and and I thought of Pete Christie. When they I hear, usually when I hear contact the word bacon, me. Yeah. Right, when I hear the word the bacon, blue cheese fest. I guess that's here today. Yes, at Buffalo that's, Wild Wings. that's uh. whenever you want to drink some blue cheese there. But anyway, I, saw, I, I heard bacon fest. And I saw it, man. Pete Christie, bacon Absolutely. fest, go hand in hand. All right, coming up today. Uh, on the Rockin' pregame, Red Raiders spring football is over, and we'll break down what we saw. Jared has the inside the Red Raiders recruiting update with new commits. Also, Red Raider dugouts Keith Patrick joins us to discuss uh, Texas Tech baseball and the Baylor series that's coming up. The Lubbock Matadors join us to talk soccer on the South Plains and important basketball commits, even one during the uh, show today. Possibly, I guess, is what we're, we're thinking that could happen. Could happen. So, uh, but, the, but first, it's time to get the temperature of the Red Raiders. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. Let's get going with the Rockin' Reality Check. All right, Pete. You have you have that that glowing look of love in your eyes after I mentioned bacon fest. I do. But, uh, well, I loved you already. I mean, well, hey, you know you had me at bacon, Pete. So yeah. uh, don't go bacon my heart. Oh, <laughs> dad jokes. Yes. That's good stuff right there. What do you what do you think, man? What are you, what are you feeling today? Well, you know, I mean, uh, a big seven game road trip for Red Raider baseball now, and they've been struggling on the road. They've been struggling. On Sundays, have been struggling on Tuesdays. Uh, you know, this is this time to put up. I mean, if they want to host a regional, I mean, right now I see I've seen them as a two seed in Oregon. I've seen them as a three seed somewhere else. I mean, they got to put it together. So that's a big series. Uh, I know we're going to talk Red Raider basketball. I'm excited about some of these new names that we're all going to fall in love with at the USA. But uh, I, I want to mention uh, that I now have a huge respect. For bees, ah! really? Yes, I've learned a lot about bees. So that's I, right. You had a beehive in your house or something? Well, yeah. Well, I had I had about fifteen bees in my bathroom, and I called a woman who actually knew who who knew about bees. She came out, saved four of them. Eleven died in the bathtub. Took them outside. She says, "You got some traffic here. I see all these bees up in your soffit, which I didn't even know in that was what soffit." S-O-F-F-I-T. It's a... Uh, is that part of your anatomy? No, no, it's a peak. You got bees yeah. at your Oh, is that what it, Thank you. I didn't even know how to explain Wow, look at so, the big brain uh, on Sean So they, they, they bring this dude out in a bee suit. I say, I don't want to get involved because he said I have a suit for you. He rips off the soffit, nothing. And okay. so... By the way, before we go any further, yeah. okay, tell me what a soffit is again. It's... Uh, Sean, help me here. It's at the... the, at the it's the underneath for your roof, that underneath part, that that peaks. piece of wood near near the peaks and in, in where your roof comes down. There's a wood piece right here. Uh, yeah. The more you know. Yeah. I, that, I never that, I never heard that word that, in my life. That that, that piece is like yeah. the is like the straight line for your roof. So if your roof comes down like this, right. and you've got. This little piece of wood underneath. If you look underneath your roof, so, you see a little I thought, that was, I thought that was the eaves of your house. Well, there's the eaves. The eaves and the, and the, I mean, yeah. they all are. It's a family thing. 
they're all related. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, he rips the soffit out. There's nothing, and he says, "I've never seen that in all my years of beehiving." Uh, I believe beehiving. I believe these were scout bees. They somehow got into your house. They died. They couldn't go get the queen, who's the pimp of the group, telling everybody right, what right. to do. Whoa. So uh, they leave. Uh, this sounds like an Avenue Q story to me. Well, <laughs> I don't live on Avenue Q. But uh, a few days later, I'm good. Then I see two more bees in the bathroom, another bee. And I'm like, what the heck? So this past Sunday, I go out front of my house, and I drop a bunch of uh, profanity. I see hundreds of bees all oh. up in that area that they had ripped down that nothing was there. And I look, and we see maybe 100 bees. Then all of a sudden, it's 200 well, they're not coming. They're coming out of the house. So I'm like, oh what the gosh. heck? So I call them again. They come. They, do, they come at 8 in the morning because they want it to be cold. These bees aren't going around, and they have a flare, and they find a hot spot. And they say, oh, you got about 100 bees. We're going to take the soffit out. Now we know where they are. So he rips out the soffit that I already paid to re-put back, uh, rip it out, and I hear him use some profanity. 5,000 bees were there. Oh right in gosh. one area. And I, I mean, no, no honey yet. Uh, they had made honeycomb. But had I waited a couple weeks, it would have been like 50,000 bees. So he, he smokes them to calm them down. Then he vacuums them. And I said, well, how do you, I mean, he had a little clip to get the queen bee. He couldn't find it. But after a while, all the bees went down to the vacuum, meaning the queen was in there. Fascinating. So... What do they do now with these bees? He's going to take them to a local farm where they'll, they'll have a little hive area, and they will go pollinate the farm and come back to their box. Fascinating. That is crazy. That's fascinating. You're, you're living in the honeycomb hideout, man. <laughs> well, I had no honey. so You know what you need to check out? What's that? And I know we're going to talk about sports eventually, but there's a Discovery Channel show. I don't know, it's like 10 years old or something, yeah. maybe even older. But it's uh, these Japanese hornets that have been brought over to America, or actually, yeah, to America. Murder hornets? And, yeah, and basically them do battle with the classic honeybees like oh Jap and like Japanese bees have evolved to take out those scouts before the the hornets can go back and but it has like imagine like that great like sports it's amazing <laughs> they have these like you see a full on battle like in slow mo and like and I don't want to spoil it but yeah. I'll, I'll 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 post it on Twitter for those it's it's one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen in nature and, and since that, I had a woman message me yesterday, I need this bee guy. Uh, my soffit is dripping honey. So she's got a huge problem. I tell you what, when your soffit is dripping <laughs> this honey. This does sound like a Avenue Q story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should just put that on Facebook. Just say that. Just don't don't explain it. Just say, my soffit is dripping honey. And just see the, the, the comments. That, That's outstanding. That would be so entertaining. you have to pay for that? Or is that, is that uh, illegal? For a dripping soffit? Yeah. yeah, your, uh, yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure it's a felony now. Okay, yeah. Well, and, you know, exterminators won't do it, I mean, because they want to preserve the honeybee, so. Yeah, you know, I understand the importance of bees and that whole thing, but, you know, I'm just saying, guys, like, you know what? Nuke them. I, I got enough crap to worry about, <laughs> and, and kill all the damn bees. I really don't care. I'm not I'm not the guy that's going to get sympathy But, Jeff, there's the a bees. complicated ecosystem. Listen. A complicated balance. Well, Listen. let's hope your soffit is never Listen, leaking. Man, I'm just saying, you get bees Dripping. in your soffit. Dripping. I don't, I'm not the one that has, has bees in my soffit, people. 
Pete. Well, okay? let's hope so, your soffit doesn't get wet from honey. Listen, Whoa. my soffit is That's everything. Q, definitely right there. My soffit is everything it should be and more. Okay, <laughs> your you soffit is with or without these. She doesn't even know what a soffit is. <laughs> I know, and if it gets moist with honey, moist. Oh, Man. God. I got to tell you, this may be one of the strangest conversations I've ever had. <laughs> That's All why right. we had it. Yes, well, that was good. Well, Back good to luck sports. With, good luck with your bees yes, and your soffit you. there, Pete. Um, I didn't know what a soffit <laughs> I was. I didn't so either. I feel, I feel like I was enriched today. Uh, in, you know, uh, that was good. Thank you. All right, uh, Jared. Uh, wow, how do I follow the <laughs> honey drip soffit? <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Well, you know. See what you can do to get back on track. Well, I tell you what, I was thinking the other day. There's with all the transfer portal, everything with basketball, obviously football. It's it's portal season now. That spring ball's ended around the country. Uh, I, you know the 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 word is if you if you come to Buffalo Wild Wings with with your buddies and you have a beer and you're talking sports, you're gonna be like, man, this nil and it's ruined sports. Yeah. Uh, name that for those who don't know, that's name image likeness. These the players getting paid now um, to play basically out in the open. Um, and then the transfer portal itself, how pe- people could transfer pretty much without having to sit out in most cases, and and how so many people have bemoaned it's ruined sports. And my that was my first reaction too. Like, what is this? Is how is this going to end? You know. Right. But I've kind of I've thought about it a lot. Obviously, it's my job. Where you know, there's a lot of activity. The biggest activity right now is about the transfer portal, basketball and football, on inside the Red Raiders. And it occurred to me. Let's just step back and look at the other side of it. Perhaps it's not going to be the end of college sports. Perhaps it's not all bad. Maybe it's not black and white. Maybe there's some gray there. Maybe it's just how you utilize it as a player and how coaches look at it. Because let's look at Texas Tech basketball. I'd have to say the transfer portal has been a net positive. I mean, you look at the Moonies, the Tariq Owens, the... Let me go down the list. Bryson Williams, the Donna Stars. Imagine last year's team without the transfer portal. Right. You know, guys, you know. Now you can argue who who would have left and all that. But still, I think for Texas Tech, they've approached it, even football. I mean, imagine all the guys they've they, they've added through the transfer portal and what it's meant. Like, you don't, they don't go to a bowl game without hitting the transfer portal the way right. uh, Coach Wells and his staff did. So there's that on the field. And then the – Players have been getting paid in college for a long, for longer than we've been on this earth. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. I mean, like, I, surely there's not anyone naive out there to think that that wasn't the case. Right. Um, even at Texas Tech. Yes, right. even at Texas Tech. So perhaps in the pursuit of truth or at least a closer approach of truth, it being more out in the open, is that a bad thing? You know, I've heard so many people ask me, like, I wonder how much this school's paying this guy. I wonder how much that school's paying this other guy. Well, we have a much better idea of the truth of what the market really is. Right. And it's foreign to us. It's different. You have guys negotiating with their schools, which doesn't sound like like the Miami guy who's That's holding insane. out for more money. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't sound good to us but once you once the money's out there and public of course these guys are going to negotiate i mean why wouldn't they we have that we've i mean we're seeing that with texas tech basketball right now guys negotiate uh with, with texas tech and I, I don't know if that's purely evil or bad it's just it's different yeah. there's going to be some good aspects to it there there are some good aspects to it i think it will come back to the mean some in terms of it's wild west right now you know right. will there be regulation how do you regulate it will it be a market set 
you know, because there's some definitely some buyer's remorse going on now right. over the, you know the first couple of years. Where, man, I've showed a half a million dollars to this kid, and he barely, you know, his numbers went down. You know, right. so they're, you're going to start, you know, rethinking that. And I think it will come back, you know, to to a middle ground as opposed <laughs> to it being the wild west. But I, I just the narrative right now. Everybody, every time I talk about the portal or NIL deals, people are like, "Oh, this college sports is over." And I'm like, "Is it?" You know, it, it, they're not. They're it's just, not it's over. Just yeah, they're going to have college. Yeah, no, so. but I mean, they're saying, like, you can't, yes, you can't put it back in the box. That's true. But on, on the other hand, it was going to, like, there was, something was going to have to give. You can't have coaches being able to make this crazy amount of money. You can't have the schools being able to make this crazy amount of money. And then the players just not get what their market value is at, at some point, the way our society is now. Now, I know a lot of people disagree with that. A lot of people hearing this is like, no, it's terrible. Well, it's but, just like when I was in eighth grade, I wasn't parlaying any skill I had into a career to make did money. Did you have a skill that that would I you know, hit the market? Heck fires? yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, <laughs> talented. You know what I'm saying. I, I mean, it, people but, are willing to pay these guys to come play because it helps them win. Right. Now, I don't know an eighth grader that that, that was ever possible for. So that's. That's the way I see it, is that it's not all negative. This isn't the end of college sports. It's going to be different. It's been a farm system for the NBA, the NFL, for a long time. Right. And I, to me, one of the good things is that it's just out in the open. Yeah. Well, and, and I see what you're saying. And, and you're right. It's not going to be the end of college sports. There will be college sports. And right. you're right. It's different, but it's hard to just look at it and, and accept the difference in it. What I hate is that... Now you've got to deal where these players, they want everything. They want to be able to leave. Yeah. They want NIL. They want a scholarship. They want a free education. They want all the nutrition and strength and conditioning and development. They want to be able to leave whenever the hell they feel like it. They want to go where they want with no consequences. Colleges are putting their, their you know, they, they put a lot of resources into developing these guys. Yeah. So right now the players have it to where they can have every single thing and leave anytime they want. And I think that's BS. I really do. If you want that, then now you're entering into a world, the real world works, where yes. you sign a contract. Yes. And, and if you want to get out of your contract, you have a buyout or something. Yeah. There's a consequence of you just up and leaving after this place has put in, you know, they, they've put a lot of resources into developing you. So if these guys want to be able to have all this NIL, I think they ought to then also have to work in the real world the way it really is right. when you're out of college yeah. you know the, the world doesn't work like that so they want everything and hello wake up guys that's not how the real world world works plus if i'm a business and i've seen how this this whole nil thing has transpired so far before i sink any money into any guy because when you're in a college town and you're sinking money into a player you know and that guy ups and leaves you're left with nothing Right. I mean, you can look at, you know, a guy like Terrence Shannon, yeah. you know, there's there's companies here in town yeah. that, you know, invested money in him. And the same thing with McCuller, you know, you do that. Yeah, I want all that. Then you up and leave. Well, that business, they're, they're still here. They're still having their reputation is on the line yeah. and they've sunk money into you. And you have the ability to now just up and leave at any time. I think a lot of business guys are going to go, you know what? I don't think I want any of this. That's Good literally what I said. Like, you know, I agree with you is that there will be some return back. No, I'm not to, trying to have a counter. No, 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 I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying like, I, I agree no. with you 100% that no. this is the beginning of it. And, and of course, it's going to be wild and out there. There's going to be some, 
regret mm-hmm. for a lack of return on investment. You right, know, right. Uh, that, yeah. what you're talking about, what I, what I was talking about before. That's so, capitalism, though. That's yeah, what that it works, is. You so know? that's what I'm saying is like, is this a bad thing? Right now, it's scary because it's so it's the Wild West, but things balance out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think some of the things you were talking about. Another positive is there's a lot of excitement about college basketball right now. Where because of the portal, when in most cases, I mean after the tournament, it's like who cares for honestly for most people like ten months right. or eleven months. So that uh, that's a that's a positive. It's positive for for us. We're I mean we're gonna talk a lot about guys in the portal today. You look at our our show sheet here um, and, and possible targets and all that. So uh, I just. Yes, there's some neg- very negative aspects to this, but it's not all negative. Like, I hear that constantly. It's, oh, this is just terrible. Like, well, it's very different. Well, it's generational, too. I think the, yeah. you know, the older you are, there was a loyalty to a career. There's a loyalty yeah. to a company. There's loyalty. I, and, and, you know, listen, things change. They evolve. But I, I don't think people are like college age now. They don't see things as any kind of a loyalty to anything. And when you're a fan of a team, you know, you have a loyalty to that team. Yeah. So when you have players now that have absolutely no loyalty whatsoever to that team, really? I mean, let's say that's a fact. No, they, the, the players and the coaches. coaches. Right. The player, there's no right. loyalty right. But, and you're but right. for coaches players too. or coaches. Right. And that's that's the truth. And it's hard, but it's hard as a fan of something when you, you know, when you're a devoted fan to something and you realize the, the very participants and the people running it don't give a crap about it ultimately. It's hard to take as a yeah. fan. So Why you're man, right. Yeah. We have to probably as fans, we just need to step back and readjust our own loyalty to it. So then you get these players that are, man, the fans are always on us. The fans are doing, <laughs> they tweeted some mean things. Yeah, and blah. Well, you know what, guys? That's part of it. Yeah. If you want all this, that's what comes with it. Absolutely. And, and there's a give and take to it. And, and that's what I say. I feel like these players, they're young enough to where they, they want everything, right. but they don't understand that there's also a pushback from the other side, too. They don't understand that. So I'm like, look, if we're going to live in the Wild West, then you're going to get the good and you're going to get the bad, and we all just need to step back and go, if this is what it is, then fine. But I think that gives fans every right to boo, to tweet, oh, yeah. to whatever. Well, if this is the way it's going to be, then let's McCullers go Let's go for it. Yeah. So, right. yeah. But in you know, these it, businesses, you know? you know they thought, oh, McCullers a lock, man. For right. three more years here, and now he's talking about transferring somewhere else. Yeah. And, See, to me, I that mean, was a perfect example of where we're at today. Because we yeah. thought there any guy was going to stay, it's him. Yes, that, was, that guy's Mr. Red Raider. Yeah. And for him to step back and do this, you're like, okay, I see how it is. Okay, fine. I'll be a little more guarded in my fandom now. But if you think I'm going to sit here and give you everything I've got, uh, sorry, not going to happen. Absolutely. That's why you root for the uniform. You, mm-hmm. you root for your yeah. school or your exactly team. exactly right. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm used to that with pro sports, you know, because yeah. you – like, be careful which jersey you buy for your kid. You know what I mean? Because the guy might be on the, the, the rival team the next year, you know? Right. Hey, we didn't mention, too, I just want to mention Marcus Santos Silva trying yeah. to go to the NFL as a tight end. I like yeah. that. Think of that. Antonio gates Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I like that a lot. I think. Um, he must have played in high school. I, guess, I, you know, right? I don't know if he did. It was a long time ago. He's like yeah. our age at this point. You know? <laughs> With uh, the COVID year and all that. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but no, I, I agree with you so much about the, like, if you want all these these uh, goodies and all that, you want all the good stuff that comes with it, if you don't perform, you're going to be treated like a pro athlete now. Right. Yeah. And if you start whining about that, then you just obviously don't understand how it is. Right. You know what I mean? So I, that's why I say, like, we're going to come back to some kind of medium yeah. uh, because, you know, 
things even out. Society right. will even it out at some point. That's right. No, you're exactly right. All right. Well, that was a long rock and reality check, <laughs> yeah. and uh, that's a lot of reality. But hey, it's a reality for for the players and the fans right now. And I think we all probably just got to step in and figure out how to deal with it all because it's changed and it's the way it is. So, all right. When we come back here, we'll get to inside the Red Raiders recruiting. We'll start off with football. Jarek talks about some uh, new commits and offers, and uh, you know. We'll see what's what's going on. It's always been exciting here a lot. Uh, with Joey McGuire era here with what's going on with recruiting. So we'll get that next on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame Live from Buffalo Wild Wings, 82nd University on Rock 101. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1. Sponsored by Meineke and Michelob Ultra. Inside the Red Raiders recruiting news. Football. All right. So uh, always exciting uh, news and recruiting with football uh, here in the last several months. But uh, coming off the spring game, I'm sure there was tons of visitors in town oh, this past yeah. weekend. Oh, yeah. We detailed it on Inside the Red Raiders. I talked to dozens of them. Um, there were some big-time uh, recruits in town, a bunch of four-star guys, uh, five-star guy. Uh, but they also picked up three commits, two on Saturday and one on Monday in terms of when they announced. One I'm going to start with is defensive tackle Jaden Cofield, 6'3", 325-pound, uh, three-star recruit out of Maynard, Texas, there in the Austin area. Uh, you know, he visited, I talked about him last week, he visited the previous week and decided to come back again the next weekend from the Austin area. So that's that's, that's, a, deal, yeah, yeah. that's when I was like, I put in a crystal ball you know, prediction for him after talking to him between those visits because he just loved the staff. And actually, after he committed, I caught up with him again, and uh, this is what he said about why he chose to commit. He said he chose to commit uh, because Zarnell Fish, the defensive line coach, and the rest of the staff made it known every day how bad they wanted me. And Lubbock, the city, and the campus made me feel at home when I went to visit. So, uh, again, 6'3", 325 pounds as a junior in high school right now. You know what's interesting too? When you hear those guys say things about, you know, they 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 let me know they wanted me and how bad they, mm -hmm. you know, and when you you know you think about that, anybody that's recruiting a guy, their 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 goal is to make them feel like they really want them and they really need them there and want to be a part of the team. What is it that that this coaching staff has some extra ability to make guys? feel like they really, really, really want them. You know, I mean, everybody says that yeah, kind of stuff. No, consistency, you know? that's a great question, Jeff. That's a great question. And this is the key, consistency. There, there have been other staffs here. I don't need to just throw one of the bus, but I'm just saying I, I have experience of covering staffs that offer a guy and then don't talk to him for months. Wow. You know, just throw an offer out and that's it. No, these guys, they – a lot of the recruits I talked to them, the coaches, you know, they talked to them about everything from Clint Eastwood to uh, music to cars to food. A lot of talk about food, as you'd imagine, guys, yeah, 325 yeah. pounds, <laughs> all kinds of stuff, not just football. And, right. You know, don't get me wrong. There have also been staffs and coaches here previously that did a lot of the same things. But the amount of energy and the, and the consistency in which this uh, staff recruits, along with the relationship with the coaches of these recruits, uh, I mean, and then when they get them on campus, Texas Tech's working their own NIL deals as well. Uh, Cody Campbell and you know that whole collective that they started with the Red Raider Club and everything um, is the, the way it's packaged is very appealing to these players. Instead of having to worry about one, two, three, four, five NIL deals to get a certain amount of money, it's one thing. You know, it's very it's simplified is the best way to say it, which which helps in the pitch. 
Okay, and, and when you bring that up, I, I'm just curious because I, I don't even really, I don't know, but it, where do you think, based on what you know about, like, NIL, what's happening around the country, how do you feel like tech at this point, you know, where do they come down in the yeah. whole NIL thing and be able to have the ability to, you know, to, to have opportunities for these guys who are looking for that? Is tech a, a school that's at the top end or are they at the bottom end the middle i mean what where does tech fall in all Man, that you were crushing it today jeff that's Man, another great question i'm a curious and, guy in in <laughs> as far as i can tell where they're at right now is where they belong which is at around the, the top 25 they're not in the top they're not able to offer the money that lsu or ohio state not consistently right. you know what i mean they're just not yeah. going to be able to do that but they get they have their stuff together Right. In terms of what I just told you, like that's a nice package to be able to uh, neat, simple sell um, that's going to take care of these kids and their family, give them some spending money, what they're looking for in today's climate. Right. You know? uh, so I would put them right where I think Texas Tech should be is like around the 25-ish. You know, so and that's not, where Tech is as far as the values of a university sports program and things. Yes. I mean, tech is and always football. Around, I mean, yeah, like, around 25 or something like that's that. What, yeah. That's what Tech should be, and that's what they're aspiring for every year. Like we should be in the top 25. We should go to a bowl every year. That you know, And, and so it makes sense you know, uh, of what they're offering. Um, and it's obviously working because Texas Tech has 19 commits right now for the 2023 class. 19. Think Still number one in the country, right? Which is 24/7. They're number two. They keep going back two, and okay. forth. Notre Dame will get another commit, right. or somebody will get you know get a, a, a ratings bump or whatever. They keep going back and forth. The last I saw, which was yesterday, was second. It may be first for all I know. Again, uh, the way the ratings change and everything, or if they got a, uh, Notre Dame got a decommit, mm -hmm. but they have the most commits by far in the country. So, uh, and it's, you know, five guys on deep or four guys on defensive line, three or four offensive linemen. They have some other guy. You know, it's, it's spread out nice. It's not just a bunch of receivers coming to Texas Tech. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we've seen in the past. Uh, speaking of offensive line, another guy who committed, uh, Dylan Shaw, 6'4", 300 pounds. Uh, all these guys visit for the spring game, by the way, if you're just tuning in. Uh, he's at a Corpus Christi Flower uh, Bluff. He's unrated right now, but he's going to be a mid-tier three-star guy. You watch his film. He's big. He's mean. He's one of those guys who blocks like a half a second after the whistle, which is what you're taught to do. And there's a common theme with offensive linemen that Stephen Hamby, the offensive line coach, uh, the, the type of guys he's recruiting, nasty dudes. Right. Now, like yeah. mean. You see him like this guy, like this could be a penalty almost every play. He's <laughs> a really violent dude. So I, I like Dylan Shaw. Uh, I, I caught up with him after he committed. He said, uh, he sounds like an offensive lineman, pretty straightforward. He said, after seeing the team play at the spring game and the talk with Coach McGuire, I felt as if this was a place I could make my home, and I felt I was welcomed. Yeah. So another example of them feeling welcome. And yeah. after talking with, I don't know, a couple dozen of these guys who visited, um, there was a select few, I don't know, somewhere about five to ten guys that McGuire pulled aside and made, and part of the pitch was the NIL stuff, mm -hmm. but also just like, the whole Uncle Joey persona he has mm -hmm. with, with, with going back to kids that are in junior high. Right. And we've seen a lot of junior high guys visit this spring, which is that's a <laughs> that's new thing crazy, for me. Yeah. Uh, but that whole persona works for him. Um, and it's in, the reason why it works is because it's honest. You know, over the course of decades, there are players, uh, players' kids, guys who played for him back in the day, who consider him Uncle Joey. And so it works for him. You have that. You have opportunity to play Power Five football. You have 
new facilities coming. Um, you have a nice, neat package NIL deal, and you have a staff that's going to care about you. And in some cases, opportunity for early playing time. So that is what's being pitched uh, or told, communicated to, to, to these recruits, and it's working. Worked with another guy. This is up front. They're getting size and nastiness on both sides of the ball. And in the secondary and then on the other side of the ball, the skill position, they're getting speed, pure speed. And here's an example of that. Wide receiver Demarion Chris Daniels, kind of an unknown dude. He's a three-star recruit, but he plays out in El Paso, El Paso Parkland, which that's a small school. I think it's a 4A school in El Paso. I mean, that's like the no-man's land of Texas recruiting, to be honest. I mean, like, it's just kind of out there. It's just hard for – now, we do get guys out there, but – not all the time, not as much as you'll see. It's an outpost. It's I mean, an it outpost. Really is. It really Different is. Different time zone even, yeah. Yeah, but he's 6'3", 185. He was productive. He caught, uh, I can't remember, 40-something passes for 800-something yards and, and 12 touchdowns in, I believe, 12 games. And he's been timed, I think, on the track with a sub-11-second uh, 100. So mm-hmm. the guy is a burner. You watch him, and his quarterback can't, can't get him the ball. If he had a guy who could really sling it, who knows what his numbers would have been. But I caught up with him, too, about being at the spring game. He said, I had a great time over there, really felt like I belonged. That's why I knew he was going to commit. He said, the offense has a really fast tempo. That's something that really stood out to me. So those three guys added on to the 16, com- 16 commits you already had. And there was a lot of commits in town. I talked to uh, uh, quarterback Jake Strong, who's committed out of Justin Northwest, the Fort Worth area. And uh, he came in. There was, a, like I said, a bunch of commits in town. And his family rented a house. And just on their own, this wasn't a coach thing, so there's no violation. This is what they decided to do. They had, they, you know, they got an Airbnb, and they had a lot of the commits over. And they hung out. Yeah. They went to four golf or top, whatever, top yeah. golf, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I had a really good time and bonded. And that kind of, those kind of experiences and your quarterback doing that strengthens the commitments of these guys. Yeah. And Isaiah Crawford, for example, who – four-star guy offered by everybody in the region you know uh four-star edge rusher so there was a lot of good things going on behind the scenes from a recruiting perspective and uh it was just a wild success now it was kind of boring on the field to be honest the game very bland intentionally but the stuff that was going on with recruiting was was amazing and that's ultimately what it's all about really i mean you know it is but uh so overall, how many how many guys across me did Tech have? Yeah, I don't know because there were so many. There were guys that don't like I had to create profiles for. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they like they leave no stone unturned. I mean they really the staff can evaluate. That's another hundred guys. Do you think? Oh or? no, I don't know if it was that many. I I'd say probably around fifty. Okay, but All right. there was a, a like a I'd say twenty guys that were like a a big deal, mm-hmm. and then within that, ten guys. You know because. You had some guys like 2022 signees that were in town too. You know what I mean? Right, so do you yeah. count them as recruits? Uh, you know, I don't know. Right. But there's a couple of guys I want to mention if we still have time. Uh, local flavor here, Abernathy athlete Anthony White. I talked to him. Actually, uh, published a free story yesterday. He had some really cool stuff uh, to say about it. His dad's a coach uh, at Abernathy. He's an assistant coach, and just some of the stuff they've been through and uh, what he's meant to him. But he had a great time. He, he has offers from Texas and. Houston and Arizona State and Bandy and all you know Utah, so he's a coveted guy. He's a four-star on some 
recruiting sites. He's unrated on 24-7 for some reason. I, I really don't know why. But this guy, he plays. He started receiver. He started safety. And he was a star in the return game for them. I think he had almost 1,400 all-purpose yards, 60 tackles, five interceptions, 10 tackles for loss. I mean, he did everything for Abernathy, which was a good team last year, uh, as Pete can tell you. I think, what, they went three or four rounds deep, yeah, right? really deep. So uh, he's a guy that they're going to have to continue to recruit. I know he likes Tech. Obviously, he's 20, what, 20 miles north on 27 up there uh, on uh, I-27. So that's good that he's local, but everybody wants this guy. Uh, so they're going to have to keep recruiting him. Uh, oh, man, Jordan Sanford out of uh, Mansford, Mansfield Timberview, a four-star safety. Uh, he really had a good time uh, on this visit. He also came out for junior a junior day. Um, he just told me he just he loves the staff. He loves Joey McGuire. Um, all these recruits say you could tell most of them were recruited by the previous staff, and they liked him still mm-hmm. yeah. then. But they've told me they could see a difference being led by McGuire. Interesting. I mean, yeah. they all mentioned, without me asking, they just, oh, hey, I want to tell you. There's a difference with Joey McGuire, yeah. and, and Sanford's definitely one of those. Um, there's a crystal ball prediction by uh, Steve Wolfong. He's the director of football recruiting for 24-7 Sports. And uh, he's got a crystal ball in Tech's favor. So that's that's definitely somebody to watch. One more guy before we wrap up here I just want to ask about, because I know, I know a lot of Tech fans have heard about this guy and are wondering, but T.J. Shanahan, the four-star offensive lineman, what, what are we feeling about him? Crush it. That was next on my list, yeah. His older brother, Michael Shanahan, just came in from the transfer portal. Uh, he was in town last weekend. I didn't catch up with him. I, I don't think he did a lot of interviews after this visit. I mean, he's a four- or five-star guy, depending on, on which, uh, what recruiting site. Uh, you look at, but uh, out of Austin Westlake, I, I believe he's going to end up at Texas Tech. I really do. Unless something just goes really sideways with his older brother and playing time and all that stuff right. matters, it does. But he likes Tech. He's told me before, before this visit, he really likes Tech. Um, I know, obviously, Michael Shanahan likes Tech. They like uh, Coach McGuire. They like Stephen Hamby. So I, I think Tech is in a very good place with him. You always like to get a four-star offensive lineman. All right, when we come back here, you know, we touched on the spring game a little bit, but uh, some of the observations from the spring game, even though they played it pretty close to the vest in that deal, but uh, just some thoughts from the spring game from last weekend and what do we expect from this team when fall rolls around. That is next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame, live from Buffalo Wild Wings, 82nd and University on Rock 101. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1. Sponsored by Mitch Hall Chevrolet, Chrome, and Hook and Reel. Texas Tech Football. All right, so last weekend it was the Texas Tech spring game. I wasn't able to go. I had to, had to be out of town last weekend. But, uh, Pete, what are your thoughts from the spring game? Well, you know, uh, you know you're not going to jump to conclusions like, this team's going to win X amount of games. They're, they're going to win the bowl game like Sean would. But, you know, uh, I, I think we got three solid quarterbacks, and I, I think that's one, one positive. Uh, you know, we heard about the take three. The defense uh, got some turnovers. And so, you know, you, you, you saw some glimpses of what we probably will see when they p- take on Murray State. But, you know, they got a lot more to do, a lot more work. And so... Uh, I thought it was a good foundation. Even uh, great to see uh, Nehemiah Martinez get a touchdown, former New Deal and uh, Lubbock Cooper star. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think Joey McGuire is doing a good job. 
Well, you know, it's like one of the things, you know, watch the quarterbacks. And like I said, I didn't get to be there. I had to be out of town. But one of the things I've heard about, first of all, you know, all the, th- the three main quarterbacks all, you know, look pretty good and have their strengths. And I've heard that Baron Morton, you know, the guy that seems to have all the tools and everything, the one thing about him that, uh, that I understand is he, he doesn't fully grasp the, the workings of the offense necessarily. He's got a lot of the raw tools, but he still needs to get a better grasp of the offense and how it works itself and probably why Tyler Shuck at this point maybe has the best grasp on the way the offense works because Kitley likes the quarterback to have a lot of control over what's happening out there on the field. And so once Baron Morton really gets more of a handle on just the all the inner workings of it with the tools he brings to the table you know he's got a shot for some real playing time probably in the fall but shuck maybe right now is the guy just because he does have maybe the best understanding because of his level of experience at yeah this and point. of course donovan smith is another option but you're talking about uh big 12 and i think we talked in the last couple of weeks when's the last time we had one quarterback last the whole year it just isn't going to happen right, yeah. so to have three guys and maybe you throw you know one in late in the game when you're up i mean who knows but they i mean i think they're sitting good at, at, at the quarterback it's a great situation to have yeah, three guys that no can doubt. operate you know and, and then everything trickles down from there so i mean you got to have a good quarterback all right jared what, what were your observations coming to that spring game one of my sticking with quarterbacks one of my biggest surprises was how much tyler shuck struggled given the format i mean he didn't have to worry about getting hit and he then they do say he does seem to be a guy that has the the knowledge of how the opera uh, the offense works but that's interesting that didn't seem like maybe watching I mean, the second snap he threw a pick six mm-hmm. he threw another interception on a fourth down inside the five those two plays alone i ask i mean and don't get me wrong what you said about knowing the offense that's great but at some point you got to just play the game yeah. you know and make you got to execute you got to make why, some yeah. plays and not make those critical errors those two plays in a big 12 game that's going to get you beat I mean, that's the difference between some of these teams so i and again, he didn't even have to worry about getting hit. My problem, I like Chuck. We've had him on this show. You sit down five minutes with him. He's a very likable person. He has all the the numbers you want. The side, his arm is NFL level. It really is. But he freaks out in the pocket. Right. He does. We've seen it in games. We saw it some at Oregon. Now we've seen him have some some success as well. But when things break down, and it's a football game, like in life, which is one of the reasons I love the sport so much, things are going to go awry. How do you react? More times than not, he panics and makes mistakes. And that's just the truth. I wish I could say the opposite. Like Mahomes is the ultimate, you almost hope things break down. He just scrambles around and throws it 60 yards off, you know, sidearm off balance, and it's a touchdown. How, how did he do that? You know? and see, that's the things that happen in a moment in a game where guys right. react in a situation. And that's what I think, you know, I think of like, well, I mean, you think of Lincoln Riley as a great example to me right. of a guy who is a great offensive mind but wasn't necessarily great at executing it on the field, perhaps, but he's definitely a guy that he knows the place, he knows the stuff, he sees it, he can do it, he can think of it, but maybe not the best at executing. And you right. wonder if Tyler Shuck is a guy that he grasps it all, he gets it, he understands it all, but is he the best guy to go out on game day and execute it? You know, I mean, he checks so many boxes. That's why with spring football, you got to be careful. There are so many things you can see that then when you go to the season, you look back, you're like, okay, we saw that. I could see how this is happening, like mm-hmm. the development of certain players. But with quarterbacks especially, I mean, they're playing flag football. You can't, you're not getting hit. You know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. a guy like a Davis Webb would look amazing. Uh, Taylor Potts would look amazing. But then once they're – Nick Schimannick? Yeah, Shimanek was more of a gamer. Like, he didn't have all, I know what you're saying, but he didn't have those kind of, like, Davis Webb had the size and the arm, so does Tyler Shuck, Taylor Potts, whatever. But 
it's just something about, call it an it factor, call yeah. it being a gamer, whatever you want to call it. Baron Morton has it. See, that's what I think. I, he has it. Yeah. Now, does he have the offense or not? You know, I think Donovan Smith has a, a level of that. We saw that last year where mm-hmm. he would struggle for two quarters. You know, his accuracy would come and go. And then the game was on the line. He hit that big corner to Miles Price against Iowa State. That corner route, you know, it was perfect. Or, you know, he show up ready and, and, and crush uh, Mississippi State the way he did. So, I, to me, Tyler Shuck has the best tangibles. Like, I, I get it. Yeah. But if you want to go win some football games, it looks like Donovan Smith and Barry Moore to me. Now, I heard yeah. Shuck had a great spring, but again, given the format, I'm always skeptical yeah. when it comes to quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah, it's spring. Well, it, it seems like, you know, Barron seems like, you know, a guy, if you're going to, if you're, uh, McGuire going into this season obviously has the grace of being a first year head coach. Yeah. You kind of almost think, man, just go with this guy and let's just build it from there. But we'll see what they ultimately do when the fall rolls around. I know we got uh, Keith Patrick from Red Raider nice. Dugout uh, about to join us here to talk some Red Raider baseball. But real quick, just further overall thoughts from the spring game, offense, defense. I mean, what what did you take away from it, if anything? The, a lot. The offensive line is a problem, and it's going to be a problem. They didn't do a whole lot. Deruder didn't in terms of blitzing or anything funky, but the right side of the offensive line, unless they get that fixed, it's gonna it's gonna put a ceiling. I just it's a problem. And then defensively, I do think they could be better because they bring back some veteran players that are not just experienced but have made plays. I really like that uh, trio of safeties: uh, Dadrian, Demarian, uh, Taylor, Rabbit, uh, Rabbit. Yes, thank. You. That's better to say just Rabbit. Uh, Reggie Pearson. Uh, and Muddy Waters. Those yeah. three guys on the field at the same time are going to make a lot of plays for you. They're going to clean up a lot of mistakes. I love it. And, and offense, defense, strength of the team going into the fall, knowing what you know right now. Skill position, as usual, they're loaded at every skill position. Receiver, people are worried about, I'm not. Uh, and then, like I said, the safety, and I think the inside linebackers are going to be really good. All right. All right. Thoughts from the spring game? And uh, football season will be rolling around before you know it. Can't get here fast enough, though. <laughs> yeah, I no, I, I love football, man. All right, Texas Tech baseball, that is still going on. And Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout is uh, standing by. He'll talk some Red Raider baseball, uh, the bullpen, pitching. There's a lot of things to uh, break down about the Red Raiders this year. And is hosting a regional pretty much unavailable for the Red Raiders? Yeah, we'll get uh, Keith's thoughts coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame live from Buffalo Wild Wings, 82nd and University on Rock 101. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1. Sponsored by Cotton Court Hotel, B Equipment, and Weston Water Well Drilling and Pump Service. All right, uh, we switch to baseball now here in the Rockin' Pregame. Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout is dropping by the uh, Rockin' Pregame today. Talk some Red Raider baseball. First of all, Keith, thanks for being here once again. Always enjoy you coming in talking some baseball. Yeah, and, man, thanks for me on an away week. Yeah, Excited. Yeah. yeah, yeah. we'll get to uh, some thoughts on that the series against Baylor coming up here. Uh, but first, let's just talk about where this Red Raider baseball team is right now and, you know, hosting a regional. I mean, is that unavailable for the Red Raiders? I mean, I, I think most people would agree that maybe they've it's been a surprising year. Maybe they haven't achieved so far what you thought they would just based on where this program has been for the last several years. But yeah. it, it feels like a slight disappointment, you know? I mean, it really does. Yeah, you're in that place now where you've built a program that if you're not in Omaha, you're disappointed. Right, but yeah. then when you do think about the perspective of it, I mean, the, 
there's been one season in the Tim Tadlock era where Texas Tech didn't make the postseason. And uh, you're looking at a year where there was, across that, as you said, you across the Tadlock era, high expectations, high, lots of, of really great years. But when you look at where this team was walking into the season reasonably, nationally, nobody really knew what they were. We didn't really know what they were. There was a lot of holes to fill. There was a lot of new names coming in. And, yeah, they've had a little bit of up and down here, and, and they were playing really well for a while, and things have fallen down a little bit the last few weeks. They've lost several midweek games, which yeah. you're not used to a lot of that. Especially against yeah. Abilene Christian. That was a surprise. That was, and New Mexico as well. And yeah. They got walked off in New Mexico. Now, that's arguably the most offensive ballpark in Division Division one baseball, so I think there's part of it there. They also made the decision to pitch basically a new pitcher every inning in that game, get a lot of guys work and, and try to evaluate the bullpen. So I think that was part of it. There was an understanding that it wasn't going to be as competitive. Not saying they mailed it in, but it was an intentional change. But like yeah. they used it more as a to, as a to learning get a better day. feel for yes, their own team. Exactly. Maybe, yeah. Exactly. Okay. And see where guys were because they're looking for answers in the bullpen. But, yeah, ACU is tough. You give up a seven spot in the, in the second inning and, and you're scuffling, you know. And so you're having to try to battle your way back and they weren't able to. Um, you ask about hosting a regional. Basically, you know, to host a regional, you've got to be a top 16 seed. You know, there's a 16 that hosts regionals. Uh, that doesn't exactly tie to the RPI, but the RPI does figure into that. And Tech's mathematically eliminated from getting into that top 16 RPI at this point. They needed to win out from Abilene to get into the top 16. With the name of Texas Tech and the quality of the team and the quality of the strength of schedule and things like that, they could probably be in the top 24 22 something like that and still have a, a chance but you're going to have to win out to do it at this point and so you've got two road series one against a very tough oklahoma state team you got a home series against ou and you've got to go to abilene christian next tuesday for your last midweek so it's a tough road i think more than likely you're going to see this team on the road at a regional as a two seed uh, potentially a three seed if things continue where they are i do think they're a postseason team still uh, but yeah, it's it's been a tough road. I mean, it's and they've they've definitely been scuffling the last few weeks, and fans know it. So, is it fair to say that the like a third starting pitcher and the bullpen are the the biggest weaknesses of this team so far? Is that is that fair? I think not? that's fair. I think that that you're seeing, and, and there's a little more to that with the offense too. Uh, Sunday starter has definitely been a struggle. You haven't found the answer there yet. I think you'll probably see Mason Molina again this week coming back into that role. He had. He had to enter for you the other day and, and did a really good job against West Virginia. Chase Hampton uh, really struggled early and lasted just a third of an inning. And so, um, you know, I don't know that you have another answer besides besides putting Molina back in there. And so, yeah, that's been a struggle. And your bullpen is beat up. And you really came into this season, you had four, as Coach Tadlock calls them, lake-ready freshmen coming in uh, as pitchers, and you really needed a couple of those to contribute. Trendon Parrish has had ups and downs, but has been one of those contributors. Brendan Lysett got hurt, and so you've just had some struggles that have gone through with that. And I bring up Brendan Girton a lot. That's an injury and a guy you've lost completely. You also don't have Hayde Key at all this season. Uh, those are guys that you counted on pitching 30, 40 plus innings. And so baseball is a numbers game when it comes to pitchers. Who's eating those innings at that point? And you've been kind of doing it by committee and not everybody's been there. Yeah. Uh, but I would also say home and away has been a struggle for this team. And offensively, their numbers on the road are significantly worse than they are at home. And their numbers on Sundays offensively are significantly worse. And I would say from that pitching confidence 
your offense is not doesn't have anybody to feed from, you know, and so there's maybe a little bit of domino effect going on. But yeah, generally bullpen starting pitcher on Sunday, those are your biggest struggles. Yeah, yeah it's it's interesting because as the season is has worn on, I, I know early on. You know, you're not. You can't in baseball. You're not going to win every game. No. But there, there gets to be that expectation with where tech is. You start feeling like they should win every game. Yeah. But you're not going to in baseball. That's the way it is. But the things that early on in the season, you, you know, kept people kept making excuse. Well, you know, they'll figure it out. Well, the bullpen will come around. Well, this will come around. And you know, you're this deep into it, and it, it is kind of what it is. It is so, what it is. So, you yeah. are who yeah. you are at this right. point. And and yeah, I think that. You saw the Sundays kind of happening early. You know, well, that's just baseball, or they threw a really good guy, and yeah. a lot of them have, and, and I think that is important to mention. I mean, you've faced some really good pitching. You faced a really good pitcher ending the game uh, against Abilene Christian. He pitched three incredible innings against you. The guy was as good as anybody you've seen, and I think that you have to acknowledge that. But also, with this program that's been built, with the expectations, you do expect this team to be competitive in pretty much any game. And there's been some games they've just been knocked clean out of. And so yeah. that I understand that that is frustrating. Uh, but at the end of the day, a postseason season is still a pretty good year for a right. lot of baseball teams. And uh, and I think that, that this is just one of those years where you're not as dominant as you've seen before. And you got a lot of guys kind of growing up in front of you right now. Right. So, yeah, if, if a, a bad season is you go to the postseason, yeah. I mean, you know, and you're not, not a hosting a regional, you still got to go – Okay, that's that, that, I guess that's okay. We just get kind of spoiled. Yes. All right, so you got a big uh, uh, series coming up this weekend on the road against Baylor, and Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout with us today on the Rock and Pregame, and we will uh, talk about that series, preview that, get some of Keith's thoughts as uh, Texas Tech gets ready to, uh, to to play on the road in Waco this weekend. Uh, so we got that coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame. We're live from Buffalo Wild Wings, 82nd and University. It's Friday. Come out here, grab some wings, get some cold to drink, and hang out with us here on the Rock and Pregame uh, here on Rock 101. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1. Sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings and Fortenberry Roofing. Rock and Research. All right, uh, Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout is with us uh, here today on the Rockin' pregame. And uh, now, you know, we've got uh, Texas Tech baseball on the road, Waco this weekend, and wacky Waco, and uh, playing the <laughs> Baylor Bears. Yeah, so this is, you know, an important series. Big 12, obviously, you want to go in and get a series win. Uh, get, but, uh, you know, Baylor, is this a series that you, th- is there a high chance Tech can go in there and at least win the series? It, you know, a sweep would be great, but yeah. at least win the series. No, I think so. And, and Baylor's seventh in the Big 12 right now. They're 4-11. and 11. And as much as we're talking about Tech and kind of where they are and the gnashing of teeth over the season, you're tied for third in the Big 12. And you're tied with Texas, who you obviously won the series over. So you're not in terrible shape or anything right. Big 12-wise, but you do have some work to do. And Baylor has scuffled this year. Uh, offensively at or near the bottom in basically every category in the Big 12. And so uh, definitely a great opportunity to hold them down, certainly on Friday, Saturday with Andrew Morris and Brandon Birdsell. And then they've got a couple guys out. They've got two starting pitchers that have gone down uh, in the last couple weeks, unfortunately. One is confirmed to Tommy John surgery. He's gone, gone. The other one uh, last weekend called to the bullpen and said, hey, come get me. I'm done. And he 
he skedaddled out of there. And so uh, you're seeing some new guys. They have very few starts under their belt. The ERAs are inflated a bit. So you should be able to get on these guys on the road pretty well and, and take you know advantage of a team that's down a little bit. But you've got to get out there and take care of business. And you certainly want to see some bullpen if you need them on Friday, Saturday. You can't get a complete game from Birdsell and Morris every weekend. Uh, they both had one last weekend. That's you a need, lot to ask. Yeah, that's a little bit. That's a, you can't really count on that. Right, yeah. But you want to see some good bullpen time coming out behind them and some good performances, get some confidence in those guys. And then Sunday, you just want to see, one, this offense perform on a Sunday, on the road especially, and you want to see whoever gets that start and whoever comes out behind them to, to be sharp. You know, I think that could build a lot of confidence for this team. And like I said, you've got to go to Abilene and get a win on Tuesday. You cannot afford a second loss against the Wildcats. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, Tech really just overall doesn't seem like they've fared very well against those midweek opponents that normally seems like every year Tech just beats up on them. You Mm -hmm. went to, you know, Grand Canyon, which, you know, no disrespect to them, but you would think that would be one that Tech would have fared fared well. And then Adeline Christian, I mean, you know, they're just, they've, a lot of those in these last several years, those seem like the kind of games that Tate just goes in. They they just kind of waltz through the midweek schedule and win those games. This year it's just been a little more of a struggle. And I, I think, once again, it speaks a little bit to the pitching depth right now, you yeah. know. And it's like normally you do have that fourth starter that you're comfortable with in a midweek, and you can kind of Johnny bullpen if it's a two-game midweek or whatever. And, and this year, you know, you've moved Hampton in and out of the midweek and the Sunday start, and you just don't have that answer right there. And, yeah, like you said, Grand Canyon, they're a really – they are a solid team out of the whack uh, but a team that you would like to go get at least a split with and you end up getting swept in the two game and but you had earlier in the season again that's where that turn has happened Cal Baptist was an excellent team and you took them down in the midweek SFA beat up on them like you were talking about and you had two a home and home against Dallas Baptist that you got both of those another very good mid-major team that's moving to Conference USA next year it's the only D1 sport for that school and so you've had them and then all of a sudden now you've been losing them, and that hurts a lot. And then you go into these weekends where you struggle, TCU gets swept, and suddenly you're looking at something where Tech's lost 10 of their last 15, and that's not something you're used to hearing in this right. scene. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a big weekend. It's a big chance to regain the confidence, regain a little bit of momentum, uh, and, and turn a corner here, hopefully, you know, down this home stretch the rest of the way and do everything you can to improve your seating. And, you know, like I said, outside chance you still get to host, but at the very least get – into a regional that you feel like you can win and a super matchup that you can uh, you can compete in. You know, it's interesting, too, with I always think, you know, baseball recruiting is, is so difficult in that, you know, if you get the absolute top guys mm-hmm. out of high school, chances are those guys are gone to the pros they and gone. they'll never play college ball. Right. So you got to recruit the guys to the next level of best guys that you hope can at least come in and play a year for you before they get drafted. Mm-hmm. You know, and so to sit there and bring in guys and build a team, you know, you're you're really every year there's so many new faces every year mm-hmm. on your team. And and it just I think this season is a great example of how hard it is to maintain the you know a, the the level of play year after year after year because not every guy that you recruit is going to work out. You know, right. some of them on paper it's great, but maybe maybe they don't work. And is this a year where Tech suddenly has looked at maybe some of the guys you counted on and on paper were, were going to be those guys that are going to be contributing? And 
maybe they're just underperforming. I mean, what? I think there's been some underperforming, and like I said, I think there's been some injuries. And I mentioned Brendan Lysak earlier. He hurt his back in December. He made his first appearance the other night, you know. And so a guy that you were really counting on, a big 6'3 freshman, a guy that you thought, hey, this we're going to work him in and he's going to eat some innings for you um, and, and not able to. And then you have guys that you count on that get hurt one way or another, whatever it is. And um, and then, like you said, not everybody works out. You, you develop guys and you see guys develop. We've seen the Caleb Killians, Ryan Sabletz, you know, Bonins, Beaters, all these guys that have come through here, Mashinsky, guys that have not been great early and have grown in this program and under the tutelage of Matt Gardner and have become great pitchers. I mean, uh, Beater was absolutely dealing in double A last night for the Tulsa Drillers, eight strikeouts in four innings. So there's definitely guys that have developed here, but if you talk about Ryan Sablet his last season versus Ryan Sablet his first season, there's no comparison, you know, and I think he would say that. And so you have to remember, too, that you're just having to use a bunch of freshmen right now, and, mm-hmm. and uh, especially with some of the injuries to older guys. And, and what, you know, freshmen are going to freshmen. Like right, right, you right. just have to, you have to kind of take your lumps and, and be in bad situations and work through some things, and, and that's what this team is having to deal with. But uh, back to your original question to, for the segment, yeah, this, this weekend is a big opportunity, and, and you want to see this team get right. And, and I know fans want these, this team to succeed. I mean, that's, that's all Red Raider fans want. They want to see Tech win and succeed and thrive and look great on national stage. And this is still a team that can do that. Um, but, you know, firing coaches and, and gnashing of teeth and all the, some of those things that are, that are being thrown around on Twitter and things like that, it, it's, those conversations are, are way outside of reality at this point. I mean, this is just one of those years that you're scuffling a little bit and you keep trying to build it. But when you talk about recruiting, I do think there's one thing that, that Texas Tech in general is going to have to address, and it's the facility piece of Texas Tech baseball. And, you know, the clubhouse is under a big renovation, you know, almost $15 million, and that's great. That's great for players. That's great for recruiting. But, you know, you're, you're recruiting against Oklahoma State, who's got a big leaguer on the staff and who's got a very well-known head coach and who's got an absolutely brand-new, beautiful ballpark. And yeah. so, and you're seeing that in high-level programs across the country. And at some point, you kind of have to put your money where your mouth is and say, hey, we've got to address this because relationships and those things only go so far. And, you know, kids still like shiny new things. Right. And they like great places to play. And, and so some of that stuff will have to be, I think, and I'm sure those conversations are going on and we don't know about them, but um, you, I do think you're at a little bit of a disadvantage without – some of that stuff starting to happen yeah 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 no and, and that's the yeah if you're going to run with the big boys you know like tech baseball is you you, you better be fully prepared to yep. to you know put out big boy money and big boy facilities i mean it's just that's part right. of it one thing you touched on there you know matt gardner i know it's funny this week i've heard more just from you know tech fans because you know everybody always looks for somebody to blame sure. for anything sure. and, and like i said this year by texas tech baseball standards has been you know, I say disappointing, but it's still pretty pretty dang good. It's just yeah. that measured from the last several years. Yeah. So I've heard a lot of people this this week, you know, saying, "Oh, Matt Gardner, no, he needs to be yeah. he hit, hit the road. They need to." But this is the same guy that's been getting it done. Yes. And so I mean, it's not all his fault, obviously. No. But you know, what do you what do you say? People that say that kind of stuff, what would you what would your answer be to that? Well, and I haven't dug into this, and I've I've kind of tried to avoid those. You know, people want you to engage on Twitter and things like that, and. It, Let's just talk about the resume a little bit. Yeah. You know, Matt Gardner, great college pitcher. He was a graduate and volunteer assistant under Frank Anderson when he was the head coach at Oklahoma State, one of the best pitching coaches in the country. Uh, he's currently at Tennessee. 
Um, and then he comes to Texas Tech. He's a volunteer, several years under the tutelage of Ray Hayward, takes over after the 17 season. And look at the guys you've got. You've got Duggar in AAA. He spent time in the bigs. Parker Mashinsky's on the Astros roster right now, uh, pitching regularly. Caleb Killian's the top pitching prospect in the Cubs system. He's in AAA. He'll probably get a debut this year. And some of the guys I've mentioned already, Bonin, Beater, Sublette, I mean, on and on down the list, you can't ignore the body of work of what's been built and what he's been a part of. And even back to Gingery and Davis Martin and, and people, and, and I know that Ray Hayward's a big part of this program and he's been absent this year, you know, with his own health issues. Yeah. Um, but I think that, that from the pitching standpoint, this is the Matt Gardner program and he's built some incredible guys. And if they didn't think so, then tell me why they're coming back to Lubbock, buying houses, and going and throwing bullpens with Matt Gardner. You right, know, so yeah. they want to be around Lubbock. They want to be around this program, even with their pro career going. You know, they, yeah. they're still connected. And so I think that, that – and, and I don't know enough about pitching – just like none of us know enough about defenses and offense to talk about those coordinators and exactly what they do daily. But just from all those data points, these guys believe in him. These guys grew up under him. They're finding a lot of success. You found a lot of success. One season with a whole bunch of freshmen and a bunch of injuries you're dealing with and, you know, kind of this, this domino effect does not to me say, hey, this guy's got to go. That's crazy to yeah. me. And, 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 I, and I'll probably write a piece about it at some point and, and dig into all that, what I just talked about. Uh, but, no, I think that, that this is a team that has built a ton of success and we have very high expectations and you're looking for somebody to blame because you're frustrated. Right. And, and I understand being frustrated. I am, too, uh, in some of those moments. You've also had some just kind of crazy breaks. Yeah. You know, you look at TCU and the balk that wasn't a balk in a one-run game, and it's a very tight situation. Uh, could have changed things completely. You look right. at the at the slide and the interference call on Parker Kelly that could have turned that thing over. And people say, well, it doesn't matter because you gave up 10 in the next inning. Well, maybe you don't give up 10 if that doesn't happen. Maybe right. that's a tie ball game, you yeah. know, when Easton Morrell comes up. Maybe you have a two-run lead. Who knows how it plays out. And so I think that some of those little weird breaks – have also just been the unlucky things that happens in baseball. Tim Tadlock says it a lot. It can be a humbling game and it can be a cruel game, and I think Tex felt a little more of that this year than maybe they have in the past. Yeah. Well, he got that big series against Baylor coming up this weekend in Waco. Hopefully uh, Tech can go in there and get some things together and at least come away with uh, with the series win. And uh, what time is it? The first game Friday? 6 o'clock tonight. 6 o'clock. Yeah. Okay, 6 yeah. o'clock today. I believe okay. it's on ESPN+. Plus and, yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm sitting here thinking the, the weekend. I'm like, oh, yeah, it is the weekend. Yeah. Guess, it's been a strange week to me. I can't, I'm sitting here going, yeah, it is Friday, isn't it? Wow, it felt like it was this coming week. Oh, yeah, it is the weekend. Yeah, so. welcome to the weekend. Yeah. All right, Keith Patrick for, uh, from Red Raider Dugout with us today on the Rockin' Pregame, talking some Texas Tech Red Raider baseball. Keith, let everybody know how they can uh, follow you and all of your, uh, you know, your coverage of the Red Raiders. Absolutely. Well, first I lied. The game's at six thirty tonight. So okay. 6:30, right. First pitch against Baylor. We'd in just Waco be early. That'd yeah, be right. yeah, yeah. You're, you're just already set up and ready. And it is on ESPN Plus. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Red Raider Dugout. You can also find me. Um, I'm at Keith B. Patrick, my personal Twitter. But RedRaiderDugout.com. We try to cover every game, get you recaps, and keep up with all our Red Raiders and the pros. And uh, just want to take the moment while I have just a second to uh, to just send the condolence uh, on behalf of Red Raider Nation and certainly for me personally to uh, Cody Fuller and his family. 
former two-sport athlete for Tech. He was the male athlete of the year in 2005. Uh, he's very near the end of a of a, a battle with cancer. He's 39 years old. He has a beautiful family, and it's yeah. just not supposed to happen that way. But uh, certainly the condolences are there, and it, they've been pouring in uh, from all across Red Raider Nation, and, and I think that the family has seen that. But I want to make sure and mention that and, and to, for folks to keep them in their thoughts and prayers. Yeah, no, thank, thank you for doing that, Keith, because, yeah, that, that is one of those stories. That's, that is a heartbreaking one. So, yeah, Red Raiders. Uh, keep the uh, Cody Fuller family in your prayers today. Keith, thanks a lot for being here today, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk some more uh, Red Raider baseball in the future here. Coming up next, uh, we've got Dustin McCorkle from the Lubbock Matadors. That's the new uh, you know pro soccer team that's here in Lubbock. He joins us to get the countdown to Game One underway when we return here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame Live from Buffalo Wild Wings, any second university on Rock. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. On Rock 101.1. Sponsored by Wiley Implement and Bud Light. All right, well, it's time to talk some soccer. You know, Lubbock has a brand-new soccer team in town, professional soccer, the Lubbock Matadors. And uh, one week uh, from that first game, Dustin McCorkle, who's the uh, GM of the team, joining us today, as well as head coach Paul Gilbert. Thank you to both of you for joining us here on the Rock and Pregame today. Yeah, yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, man, this is, this is cool. This is very exciting. And, uh, you know, soccer, boy, that's a sport that is growing more and more in popularity uh, every year across the country. You know, it's always, I think it's been popular with, you know, like kids play a lot of soccer. You know, I know my, my sons and my daughter, all three played soccer. And, uh, you know, just as a professional sport, seems like with every passing year it's it's getting more and more popularity it's probably the most popular sport around the globe with world cup soccer and things like that so it's uh it's really cool to have uh professional soccer in lubbock now we have six thousand families participating in lsa um so it's really fun we get a lot of people that are going to be engaged with this and we're in a world cup year so couldn't be a better time to be bringing on soccer uh in lubbock texas right well dustin why don't you give us the the, the 411 i mean uh, the first game is next week where you play your home games how can people get out and and get involved in this from the the first game on yeah Pete, great question i think uh to start just so everyone knows uh, our players have started to come into town uh this weekend we're going to be at lsa at 9 a.m uh doing some player meet and greet and then our actual team uh, meetup is going to be at the one apartment complex uh, starting from 11 to 4. Uh, so if you want to come out, have some fun, meet the team before we get into our first game, that's the best place to do that. Uh, but our running show is going to be awesome. We uh, Starting at 5 o'clock, Lowry Field, uh, we have a block party set up on 70th Street. It's going to be blocked off. Uh, Tailgate Express is going to be out there. There are our pregame set up. Uh, so Two Docks Brewery, we'll have some food trucks, games. Um, it's going to be a really fun time, so come out and celebrate a couple of hours in advance. And 7.15, we'll head over to the stadium for a 7.30 kick at Lowry, and uh, you'll get introduced to your first-ever Matadors team. So and this is Saturday, the week from tomorrow? May 7th. Okay, all right. Yes. Well, Coach, uh, you know, you come in, you're starting this team from the ground up. What has this whole experience been like for you? Yeah, I think uh, – this is a, a, an amazing challenge uh, of a manager to, to kind of build a team from scratch uh, in, in what is a, a pretty high level of, of soccer here, here in the U.S. So uh, the experience has been incredible. We've met so many 
uh, great young soccer players throughout the process and guys in different um, aspects of their careers, whether they're college players or former pros. And so for us, it's just been a really uh, fun, exciting experience. But we talk about this all the time, accepting challenges and uh, having courage with our convictions and things like that. And I think you're going to see that with the group that we have that here is, is an acceptance of, of that challenge. Head coach Paul Gilbert uh, from the Lubbock Matadors say on the Rockin' pregame. What's your background uh, in soccer? Did you play from the time of being a little kid? You know, how'd you how'd you get to where you are today? Yeah, my my uh, my mom actually still sends me those little little photos where you have where you're just standing on top of the soccer ball. So yeah, ever since uh, four years old, played played up uh, through high school in Tennessee and uh, with some um, cl- some high level club stuff. Went to Liberty University, played there for four years at the Division One level. Uh, long story short, when you can't play anymore, you, a lot of people start coaching. And yeah. so did that. Michigan State assistant started uh, as a head coach at LCU, uh, recently took a new position, but really uh, had already my mindset that the Matadors was uh, kind of the next step for me in terms of uh, getting up to the next level of what I, what I would call football, but in America, soccer that uh, funny, in the U.S. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, around the world, it's football, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's going to take a while, I guess, for maybe to make that full transition in America because football, you know. Yeah, that's... yeah. I have to stop myself sometimes and kind of switch it based on who I'm talking to. Like right. the, the players all know it as football. When I get on radio shows or interviews or whatnot, it's, it's soccer. Right, yeah. Well, Coach, funny. you got players coming in not only from all over the states, but, but uh, you know, the world. I saw a guy coming in from Ireland. Just talk about some of the guys you're bringing in and, and – what you expect yeah so uh for us the the most important thing is is about relationships for us and and you know a lot of the guys you can kind of see a a relationship has been built from past experiences or past recruiting or uh, we've seen them play here or there uh so that's the most important thing is that one we build these great relationships and then we can build that amongst the guys as a a kind of a culture if, if you're buzzword um, so that, that's been really fantastic. And then the other piece is we want guys that are hungry uh, to take the next step, whether they want to be great in their college university season next year or they're trying to take the next step into full-time professional footballers. And so those are the kind of guys we've been after and recruited. And I think we have a really good group uh, coming in. Well, you know, I guess Major League Soccer people have seen that. Where, where is this league you're in, and, and what can people expect for the, the level that you're going to see at Lowry Field? Yeah, so this is the fourth tier of American soccer. So obviously you have the MLS, a pretty big brand that everyone knows, and then you've got USL Championship, USL 1, and then we're kind of in that, that fourth tier with, with NPSL and USL 2. And so you're going to have a lot of amateur guys who are still playing in college, but uh, they, they don't get the experience in the summer on break from college, so they come play for these teams. And a lot of guys that play in this league eventually get drafted or are in higher leagues in, in the coming years. And then you're going to have a group of players who are either ex-pros and still trying to extend their career or have recently graduated and are trying to get to the pros. So it's, it's a really uh, good combination of uh, players. 
So, you know, it's, uh, I think it's interesting with this, uh, with the Lubbock Matadors coming to Lubbock. You know, most people are at least familiar with soccer, you know, I and mean, they've seen it. Maybe their kids have played it. But in the, in the grand scheme of sports in America, I mean, you know, obviously American football, baseball, you know, basketball, hockey. I mean, you know, they've been around for a long time. Soccer continues to grow and grow. But to the casual fan that may be in Lubbock that hasn't really, you know, experienced a lot of soccer really. I mean, you know the basics of it. Yeah, you're trying to kick a ball into a goal. But if you come after the game this uh, a week from tomorrow, you know, when, when you're watching soccer, just beyond just the basics of we're trying to kick a ball into the goal, what are the kind of things that a casual fan should look for to really get into the game more and maybe have an understanding as a guy who plays it? What would you tell people, you know, to, to help encourage them to get into it a little bit more and to understand it better? Yeah, so I think there's uh, probably two, two different avenues we can go with this. So I think the first thing is, is just the soccer culture of fandom, the chanting, the the cheering, the flags, the smoke bombs when people score. I think that's a really cool thing if you're, even if you don't know the ins and outs, the X's and O's of uh, soccer, that you can jump into right away. I mean, who doesn't love to just have fun for 90 minutes, yeah. like chanting and saying fun slogans and things like that. The other avenue is probably going to be based around the game itself. So I would say when, when you see a group of players pressing together as a group when you see they're in this little tight space and they're able to play out and, and get to another area of the field like those things when you see it you'll be like oh that looks really organized that looks really cool those are the things that get the get the cheers outside of the great save from the goalkeeper or the goal that scored right um and so i think those little intricacies of the game are things you can start to learn and, and pick up as you watch more games what's more exciting to you as head coach great defense or great offense oh i love i love a good pressing moment where you just make the other team so uncomfortable and you're able to turn them over time and time and time again yeah. and then uh obviously we have a saying like press to score and so when we're pressing if we're able to score off that that's just that's just the best well, Dustin, why don't you tell everybody how they can get tickets and, and be there next Saturday night? Yeah, so LubbockMatadors.com. Uh, Go get your tickets there. We've made it really simple. Everything's online. Uh, we'll have an easy walk-up process as well if uh, you're not able to go online. We've got QR codes you can scan at the gates. Um, but uh, definitely go in advance. I would also encourage people, if you have youth that are playing soccer, um, have uh, kids in the sport, we have some cool group experiences that you can check out. We have... You can walk out with the players, hold hands. We're going to have autograph alley post-game. Um, so we're going to have some cool group experience. So if you're interested in giving your kids some access to players other than just coming to the game um, and experiencing it in the seats, I would encourage you to go online, go to our groups page, submit interest, and we'll have someone reach out to you to schedule some time to do that. And you guys got a hot-looking bus already. Oh, my gosh. Our sponsors <laughs> have been phenomenal. Kings Highway, uh, we're the only team in the league that has a uh, branded bus, charter bus, and we actually got to pick up some of the players uh, this week from the airport in the bus. And one of the teams we're playing actually commented on Twitter that we were trying to one-up everybody in the league. Um, <laughs> hey, all right. <laughs> and, uh, but it's true. We are. We're, uh, we're having a uh, buy our players. Um, so if you want access to some professionals without going to Dallas, this is the best place to do it. So uh, be looking out that. It doesn't matter your 
ability. Uh, let's get your kids in and get access to those players. All right, sounds good. Lubbock Matadors. All right, we come back here. Uh, time to get back to some basketball recruiting next. Jarrett uh, is back here with some InsideTheRedRaiders.com recruiting concerning basketball. Ola Wild Wings, 82nd University on Rock One. Always some good happening there. When we come back here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame live from Buffalo. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. On Rock 101.1. Sponsored by Meineke and Michelob Ultra. Inside the Red Raiders recruiting news. Basketball. Yeah, it's always exciting to catch up with basketball recruiting. Seems like there's always something good happening there. Let's talk first off about uh, a new commit, a transfer uh, guard Davion Harmon, which guards certainly uh, an area that uh, Tech wants to improve in. I mean, I guess he comes by way of Oklahoma via Oregon, mm-hmm. now to Texas Tech. What do you think of that pickup? I think it's a great pickup. I mean, he lit up Tech, what, two, three years ago? Pretty big game. It's a big win for Oklahoma. Uh, and I had a good year last year at Oregon. Not a great year, but, you know, 10 to 11 points, two rebounds, two assists a game. Uh, he shot 38% from deep. 41% from the field. That's pretty dang good for a for a guard, you know. Um, he's more of a combo guard, in my opinion. Okay, that's what I was Was he a point guard? He or, can yeah. create, but he's more of a scoring point guard, in my opinion. But he can create for others. He's definitely more of a ball handler than we ha- than Tech had last year, than we saw last year. So it is an Texas upgrade, Tech. maybe, in that in position? That, yes. Okay. I, I, I do believe that. Um, yeah. I really like some of his comments. Like he told uh, Austin Massey on you know, Inside the Red Raiders, who, who interviewed him after you know after he committed, that uh, you know having been at Oklahoma, he's played at Texas Tech before. Mm-hmm. It sure is going to be nice to be the home team in right, front of that yeah. crowd because you know he mentioned how different uh, you know Texas Tech is. So that that's really neat. Um, I just I, it's this has been in the works for weeks. And it was kind of like what's holding it up, and then for it to become official is like ah you know because I know. Tech fans have been freaking out, you know, and you can only uh, satiate the fans, you know, for so long. Right, McCullers yeah. leaving, Shannon's leaving, what's happening, you know? Yeah. But it's just, uh, the. this is kind of what we were talking about for those who were listening before uh, in the Rock and Reality Check, that this is, the to me, the good part of the portal and all the right. changes. Yeah, when you get guys, it's good. It yeah. is, yeah. Just the excitement, the, right, the yeah. roller coaster that is the transfer portal, right. you know? Uh, you know, oh, no, this guy's leaving. Oh, we got this guy. Oh, you know, like that's to hear the fans go on that journey is it's fun, you know, yeah. and, and to know what's like sometimes what's coming. Yeah. Like, actually, the next guy I was going to mention um, who is supposed to announce here today, this this early afternoon is Fardal's a mech, 6'11 center out of Utah Valley, averaged 19 points, 14 rebounds and a couple blocks a game. He's everybody wanted him. He's one of the top 10 guys in the portal so far this offseason. He. Uh, dropped a top five of Gonzaga, Iowa, Washington, UT, and Texas Tech. Um, I believe he's going. He's going to end up a Red Raider. This guy's. This is a legit guy. Legit where did he play? Utah Valley. Utah Valley. Utah Valley yes. Interesting. Where do they, where I, do they yeah. play in? What conference is that? Do you even know. Beat, yeah, that's a question for you. I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know yeah. was at Utah Valley before this guy. Right. To be honest, yeah. so, uh, they beat Washington by like 14 points in one game. So okay. That's all I know. That's more than I knew about yeah, it. That's pretty good. good. Job, but he's six eleven. That's a big. That's a 6'11", big, big guy. He's yeah. skilled. Uh, you know, I, my question is, will he be able to be the mobile guy defensively? That obviously you have to be in the switching no middle defense. Obviously, Mark Adams really wants him. 
So my, the answer would, would be most likely yes. They must you know, think, yeah, they yeah, must think yeah, so, yeah. yeah. He just took an official to Tech earlier, like a couple days ago. Um, everything's pointing towards him committing to Tech this afternoon. I, I don't know that for certain, so I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything. I All think right. anybody who covers or follows Texas Tech basketball recruiting expects him to commit to Texas Tech today. But it is recruiting. Crazy things have happened, so we'll have to see. Uh, another guy, and this is this may be too traditional for nowadays, but a, <laughs> a high school recruit, Elijah Fisher, 6'6", six, six, uh, five-star guard out of uh, Toronto. Yeah, out of Toronto. Yeah, Really? Wow. Yeah, uh, Crestwood Prep in Toronto, uh, ranked number 20 overall in the country. He took official, an official visit to Tech back in January and loved it. I, I believe uh, he's... That's his only official so far because he's, if you're top 20, it's either going G League, going pro, mm-hmm. or maybe one or two schools, you yeah. know? And so he's still deciding about that, uh, recla- reclassifying, all that. But he, uh, there was a free story on Inside the Red Raiders. He talked to 24-7 Sports saying, uh, look, Texas Tech, if I go college, Texas Tech is definitely the leader because he feels like he could step in and replace, he didn't say him by name, but Terrence Shannon. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So basically... You can replace McCuller, Shannon, and Bryson Williams with Harmon Fisher, a five-star. Like, watch this. Go watch this guy's film, Elijah Fisher, and then Fardal's a mech, a, a 19.14 rebound, two block per game guy. I mean, hopefully that gets picks your spirits up about the idea of tech basketball. But then, then you know, they got uh, the other guy from the transfer portal. I forgot his name right now. Sean, what's his name? The one that just Demarion, uh, De- Williams. De- yeah, Demarion Williams. Demarion yeah, Demarion Williams. Yeah. I like him a lot uh, at a Gardner-Webb. Um, you got Pop Isaacs coming up. You got Lamar Washington. The more I find out about Lamar Washington, the more I like him. So I, I have not once this offseason been nervous about the state of Texas Tech basketball. As soon as Mark Adams put that team together and accomplished what he did with the facilities, with this recent run of success, Texas Tech is at the big boy table in, in basketball now. As long as they keep Mark Adams, I don't care, honestly, what assistants come and go. Keep Mark Adams. Keep that defensive culture and keep this thing going. They're going to be competitive. They'll be in the top half of the Big 12 next year. They'll, I mean, I expect them to be in the tournament. How far they go, who knows? Okay, know? so, yeah, I've got three three questions here. But, but <laughs> I'm going to start with, okay. but, but no, starting with, and I think you kind of addressed it, but one of them was just the, the confidence that as what they're doing now and the replacement the guys are bringing in, mm-hmm. you feel really good about Absolutely. where you know they're not taking a step back. No. And you still feel like you, in year two of Mark Adams, it, it's looking it's whether the up pieces really well, fit together right? and yeah. all what the chemistry is like and all that. Which you know, who knows? We'll yeah. have to see. Right. Um, but the track record's there. You know that mm-hmm. culture of we're going to play defense, we're going to do this. That brings a lot of things together. Every, you know, that helps all the pieces fit. So that's and, step one, getting everybody to buy in to the selfless defensive culture. And then uh, Mark Adams, the the uh, extension, the rate, a lot of people are going, oh, my gosh, you know, they did this with Kingsbury. And is it too early? Is it too early to give him? I mean, it's not like he was probably going to be the guy that's bolting for right. another job. Is it too early, or how do you feel about that? Is that a good idea, give him the extension my, now after one year, or what do you think? My first reaction was, why? He just right. got a promotion. You know, and made thousands in bonuses yeah, this year. <laughs> right, he did. I don't know if he got to the max. I think the max was what? Pete, like a half a million or something like that? What was his, his max on his bonuses? 
He got a lot of them. Yeah, I know. He got close. But now he won the national title. Yeah, yeah he, right. Yeah. So he I mean, got 40 for, I mean, yeah, coach yeah. of the year and the Ken Palm number one. And, I'm not a, a type of guy to be like, to question somebody getting paid. Like, congratulations. He had a successful year. Right. But yeah. my first thought, just from a Texas, Texas Tech perspective, was why? Because it's not like, like people try to tell me, oh, people were trying to get Kingsbury. And I was like, mm, back in the day, I was like, really? are they yeah. really? Okay. You know, it, so that made a little bit of sense, I guess. Yeah. Not the, the actual contract, not the details around it and, the, and all that. But uh, with Adams, I feel like he's going to be here. I don't feel like Adams is going to leave Texas Tech for him. South Carolina. You know, right. I, yeah, like, it seem like, yeah. So, uh, but if they want to send a message or that Tech's a big player in basketball or, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. And that uh, may be it right there. Just send a message. Just say, look, player. he's going to be here. And the fact that they did it for, was it like through 2027? Yeah. yeah. Does yeah. That, that, that helps with recruiting like. It's like three. Stability. Three, yeah, the, the stability yeah. of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, look, we value basketball. He did a good job. He's our guy. He's leading us into the future, not just the right now. So let's go ahead and, and, and pony up. Now, if if they go to the Final Four and they offer another extension, I'll be like, why? You did it. You know what I mean? Like, I, he's making good competitive money. Uh, he, he's earned it. Uh so ultimately, I'm like, okay, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't feel too strongly either way. Not your money, I guess. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what do you think about Luke Adams joining the staff? Great, uh, especially in the position. I think he needs to earn it. You know, he's obviously, you know, uh, has a coaching pedigree, um, coming from was it New Mexico, Mexico Junior College? Yeah. College, yeah. Uh, and he's, you know, anybody knows him. He's a, he's a good guy. He's a smart guy. Knows the knows the sport. He's going to help. Well, he's, a, he's like a player personnel position, right? So he has an opportunity to, to work his way up. And you know what? He was You saw this as much as I did because you were out there in Cali, too. He was there yeah. for a lot of it anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like he's been a stranger to this program. I mean, obviously, he played here and all that. I mean, so he gets, he checks a lot of the boxes. And I know some people are going to say nepotism, whatever, but sometimes your kid or your uncle or your brother or your whatever just happens to be the best guy to fill that Sounds position, right. too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, in my humble opinion, I think that's the case with Luke Adams. All right, now the the third thing I want to ask you about your thoughts on because I was somewhat surprised about the Barrett Perry departure to UNLV yeah. because yeah. I really thought that guy seemed like he could have been the guy that may have been a future coach when Adams hung it up. He might have been the next guy because he seemed to be highly regarded. What do you make of him taking basically a lateral or lesser move to UNLV to be an assistant? Was that a mutual thing? Was it? something wrong he didn't like it here he adams wasn't happy with him what what do you think uh well i think all three of those, the last things you said may be correct yeah, you know what i mean okay. uh yeah you know uh so we kind of talked about this not on the air but like last week right we kind of we knew this was was coming i'd heard about yeah, it so I was out, I was uh, out oh yeah that's week. right i forgot yeah. i forgot uh uh not on the air though because it wasn't announced and we were gonna you know. yeah anyways um I was surprised when I first heard, just like I was surprised when I first heard Kevin McCullough probably wasn't coming back, even yeah. if he doesn't go to the NBA. I was like, that doesn't make sense because of what what you believe the understanding to be uh, with the relationships. But, you know, and Adam said there's one guy he, always, he ever wanted to work with. It was Peary and all that, you know. So they come here, they have a successful, successful season. But there obviously was some friction in terms of the way the offense was run, the way each guy believed it should go. When you say uh, each guy, Adams and Adams Perry. Adams and Perry. So yeah. I do think it was mutual. I think, you know, like, I don't, I don't think it's like, 
any drama, like they're going to have a cage okay. match or something like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I think it was mutually, from what I understand, it was mutually agreed upon to part ways. Because you always see things like that and you think, oh, gosh, he didn't like us. What no, did we do? No. I mean, you know, so, yeah, so know maybe what saying, just a good fit maybe or could be a lot of It ended up not being yeah. a good fit. It's yeah. like, you know, you, you always want to work with your best friend and then you work with them and, you, and all of a sudden you start fighting, you yeah. know, or something like that, that kind of deal. Yeah, you don't know how much you love someone until you live with them, right? That's, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> your, your answer to your question is one hundred ninety thousand out of the five hundred thousand max. That's it, huh? I thought he got more than that. This is Adam's hey. bonuses. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, but hey, listen, one hundred ninety thousand. Hey, I'd yeah. take that. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he had gotten the bonuses for the team GPA or APR yet. So, okay. there, there may be more okay. money still that he will be awarded. All right. Well, uh, so I thought the uh, hiring, and I know you'll probably talk about this last week too. While I was going, but the the Al Pinkins hiring, great bringing hire. him back. I mean, he he that's probably a real plus. Great right? recruiter, great at development, especially working with bigs. Uh, good guy. You know, there's it's just all good having Pinkins coming back. He obviously knows uh, what tech is, the Big mm-hmm. Twelve, and all that. So yeah. Now, as far as Perry leaving, what who's the who's going to be the replacement there? Any, I don't, that's, any that's idea? Cool, does anybody have any? I mean, I I'm heard sure somebody but, does. I, I right now do not know who who the replacement's going to be. But I, I, yeah, I haven't I heard any real names in it really. And I don't know if it was true or not. Should I? Yeah, be careful it? there. No, no. Yeah. I mean, that's up to you. I don't. I'm not. I, I, mean, who said it was it? on Twitter. I can't remember. No, and I didn't even look to see who said it. So um, I'll just throw it out. Somebody said Jeff Van Gundy. Oh come on, man! Come on, <laughs> that, buddy! That, come that on, was man. A, that, that was that was an April Fool's joke. That was a prank. That's funny. It's now it's uh, it'll be interesting to see who uh, who Adams brings it. You know that's the thing about him. It wasn't April. It wasn't April first. It's still it was still a prank, Pete. So who, April first and last long. Phil Jackson. Who I hear? Who, <laughs> who would you like to have? If you could have anybody, Darvin Ham. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think he's going to. I think he's going to be the next NBA coach. He should be. All right. So, well, it'd be interesting to see who Adams brings in. You know, because as as many years of coaching experience as he has, but not at the top level. He was a JUCO guy for so long, but his coaching tree or the guys he knows. I mean, oh yeah, and like guys like Sean Sutton, who they know. You know, I mean, this staff has a lot of connections. The guy, and actually, the name I did see was Northern Missouri, and he's won several titles. Okay. And. that's, I can't think of the guy's name, though. Oh, don't ask me. You know me. Oh, with no, but I, mean, no, I, mean, I don't have it right in front of me. I, I, I thought you were saying his family, name was man. Northern Missouri. I it thought, now, that be. is an interesting name. Be. That's, uh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what, uh, we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, that's, anyway. But that, that should get you updated on what's going on with uh, basketball, recruiting, coaching, everything else. I so. mean, I think we're going to, uh, there's obviously a football commit because the bat signal, the Joey McGuire, let's go things happen. It hasn't been uh, announced yet. I believe I know who it is. Okay. I'll be announced today, and then I, I expect a basketball commit. So this afternoon, you should get big time commits, football and basketball. So start right. your weekend off right. All right, very good. All right. Well, hey, uh, coming up here in a little over ten minutes, we'll have your next uh, word that wins. If you're uh, trying to win a thousand bucks from us, our big wad of cash. Today's the last day of that, so uh, make sure you get all the words that win around the top of each hour, all the way through uh, through six o'clock this evening here on Rock 101.1. All right. Well, we're about done. We come back here. It is the rundown. We've got four questions, and uh, we'll we'll get some answers hopefully. So uh, that's coming up next here. <laughs> I don't guarantee it, but hey, listen, uh, maybe more questions. Uh, that's coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame live from Buffalo Wild Wings here at 82nd and University on Rock 101. 
This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. On Rock 101.1. Sponsored by Mitch Hall Chevrolet, Chrome, and Hook and Reel. All right, uh, almost done with the rocket pregame for today. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings, 82nd University. Come hang out today. Knock off work a little bit early. It's Friday. Let's face it. Stop kidding yourself. I admire your tenacity for acting like you want to work today, but you don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't none either. of us do. Nope, let's let's nope. just let's just all be honest with each other. We're among friends. Come out and hang out at Buffalo <laughs> Wild Wings. Close out not... April in style. Right, exactly. Quit kidding yourself. Just get out here. Stop the end of the week. It's over. You did everything you could do. You deserve a raise. You did it all, man. You left it all on the field. Come out here and hang out. So uh, one reminder here for you this weekend, any of the games that are on, I mean, you know, Texas Tech baseball on the road at Baylor. If you don't have ESPN Plus or any of the, you know, subscription things, Buffalo Wild Wings has all the games on. That's one of the great things. All three locations here in Lubbock, just go uh, go to any one of them there. You can watch the games. You can eat all the amazing food. I mean, gosh, everything. The beer. wings, you a lot know. Of beer. Yeah, we're always thinking about the wings, but yeah, the beer, the uh, and then the, the chicken tenders, the beer. But their the, burgers uh, are good. I the, had a burger the, the blue here. cheese. Very good. Yeah, that double the double cheeseburger, it's, it's man. Like, that is low key, fun. like really good. I know it's Buffalo Wild Wings, but they're right. The burgers good. Oh, I'm telling you, man, that is the burger that I crave all week long. So yeah, so just know <laughs> the games are on. Come out, Buffalo Wild Wings. They got tons of TVs everywhere you look. Not look in any direction. I mean, you're going to see a TV and a game on. So uh, check it out this weekend. All right. Uh, with that said, uh, our last segment here on the show today. It's the rundown. Wow, oh, wow. Four bases, four questions. Better not get caught. It's the rundown. Pete, who will be the next Red Raider drafted in the NFL draft and in what round? Oh, I'm going to go. Oh, stop the music. Yes, I guess it's distracting. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't hear. <laughs> Pause. I'm going to go with uh, Eric Ezukama, sixth round, yeah. Washington Commanders. Boo. Wow. I, just can't, I can't get the Washington Commanders. It's I like hate it. Cleveland I Guardians. Redskins I am not a I'm politically not, correct team name guy. I am out on wait, wait, all of that. Wait, wait, you grew up a Redskins fan? I grew up in Maryland. Yeah, oh. Joe Gibbs. We, there went yeah, there's something off about you, yeah. too, bro. No wonder why you two go out at each other. It's amazing you're as popular as you are, Pete. <laughs> I got to Texas as quick as I could. There you go. There Good you answer. How many Good times answer. have you said that? <laughs> Today? Yeah, it's Jared. true. If I had known to get here earlier, I would have. I would have told my parents, get me out here. Jarrett, the Mavericks won their first first-round series for Luka. Will they get out of the second round of the NBA playoffs? Heck, yeah. I'm a mad fan for like, no, they're probably not. They're playing Phoenix, number one seed. They're a good squad. I think Chris Paul was 14 for 14 last night, which I've never even heard of that before in an NBA playoff game. Uh, Devin Booker, Aiden, uh, they're just, they're loaded. They have a lot of really good uh, glue guys, too. I think um, Phoenix could win it all. Uh, the Mavericks are good. Luke, Luke is amazing. He's the man. Jalen Brunson's been going off this, this playoffs, but I, I just, with the matchups, I just I can't see how the Mavericks win four out of, out of seven, especially with uh, Phoenix having a home court. How many do they win? I think they'll win two because Luka will have a, you know, get out of my way, you can't stop me a couple of times. You know, he's one of the best guys on the planet, one of the best to ever do it. So that means something in basketball. You can just take over, you know, by yourself. I think he will, but I don't think he'll be able to do it enough to win the, whole, to win the series. Yeah, would you be offended if I shared my uh, brush with Phoenix Suns uh, greatness? No, I don't, I don't, that's fine. 
No, I, you said it just reminded me. They're not I, the Spurs or something, you a know. Friend, like, a friend, or the, a, a friend the Redskins of mine, or the Eagles. Or. <laughs> no, a, a friend of mine who I worked with for several years in radio when I was in Oklahoma City, his dad is the voice of the Phoenix Suns. Wow. His name's Al McCoy. And that guy has been the voice of the Suns for, wow. I don't know, maybe 30 years or Whoa. more. Guy's a legend <laughs> in Phoenix. So, yeah, there you go. My Do you have, like, Phoenix a story, or is that, that just that? <laughs> no, that's it. I just Did y'all get a beer together or something? No, no, I've never met him. I just okay. knew his son and worked with him, and, and I just okay. always thought it was cool. And so that's the only thing I could possibly tell you about the uh, the Phoenix Suns. So I just wanted to share my moment right. of celebrity greatness there. <laughs> I'm okay, my, my moment of celebrity mediocrity. <laughs> okay, continuing with mediocrity with how many games will the Red Raider baseball team win the rest of the season? they got three at home versus OU, then three at Baylor, three at Oklahoma State, and one at Abilene Christian. About the bowl game? <sighs> you know, man, this, this year has just been so weird. Um, I, I'm going to say they finish with six out of the ten. Okay. For everybody, Red Raiders scored 48 offensive touchdowns last year. How many will they score this year? Jeff? Oh. <laughs> well, I'm going to say 56. Wow. Negative Jeff went 56. I'm going to go 60. Well, I think they're going to be better. Oh, I'm going to do Price is Right and go 61. <laughs> wow. I like right. it. For one dollar. One dollar. One dollar. That's right. One and that, my friends, is your rundown. All right. Thanks for joining us today on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pre-Game. Live from Buffalo Wild Wings, 82nd University. We appreciate Buffalo Wild Wings having us out. Uh, here today, three locations around town. Again, remember, all the games are on at Buffalo Wild Wings all weekend long. So if you don't have all those uh, subscriptions and you can't can't remember your password on the ones you do, it's okay. Buffalo Wild Wings, they never forget their passwords. So uh, come check out the games. We'll be back here next Friday on the Red Rare Outfitter Rocket Pregame on Rock 101.